0: Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG. Starting with Adventure MT1 All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 12 of all this and World War II, we are still in the non-player characters section, there are three pictures of non-player characters on this page, you can just forget about the first one. It's Toro, he's the Human Torch's sidekick, and I don't know why he's called Toro, but a better name would have been Other Torch. Not Johnny Storm, the Other Torch, but the Other Other Torch. Maybe Toro is fine. My point is, this little pointless teenage human sidecar is just the Human Torch again, except a kid, so Human Torch can boss him around and, of course, endanger his life, as was the custom at the time. Toro just has all the same powers as the Human Torch, except worse, and not even all the powers of the Human Torch. The Human Torch is listed in this section as having the powers of Energy Sheath, Fire, Fire Generation, Fire Control, Flight, and Resistance. He has Class 1000 Resistance to Flame and Heat, which basically means, unless you're a cosmic being, like, for example... The embodiment of the concept of irony, you cannot burn the Human Torch to death. Toro has all these same abilities but at lower ratings, except for resistance, which he does not have, which rules as written means that the first time Toro appears in this adventure, he should burst triumphantly into flame, then fall to the ground screaming, proving once again the old adage that any human can be a torch, they just might not last long. Moving on from Toro, the amazing flammable boy, we turn to the other two NPCs on this page, Colonel Nick Fury and Sergeant Nick Fury, yes. As a time travel adventure, all this and World War II includes both the modern-day super spy Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., well, sometimes, more on that later, and Sergeant Fury, a World War II commando so effective, so decorated, that he was given a special exemption from Allied command, granting him lifetime permission to smoke a cigar at all times and places, including in hospitals and in the heat of combat. Sergeant Fury was, of course not a real Golden Age character like some of these others. He was a Silver Age character, which, for those of you who aren't huge comic nerds, means that he was created in the 60s along with characters like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, The Hulk, as opposed to back in the 40s, like a lot of these legit World War II characters. But his comic book was set in the World War II era. And then also in the Silver Age, he got a second series set in the then-contemporary 1960s, in which he had been tapped to be a sort of James Bond-style Super Spy, in charge of an international espionage organization called S.H.I.E.L.D. It is, I must say, a pretty clever move to use Nick Fury in this way. One thing about Marvel continuity is that the time scale is always sliding around. Like, most of the stories that were published in the early 60s still happened in modern continuity, but they're presumed to have happened, I don't know, something like 10 years ago, maybe? There's a sliding, compressing time scale, which is why all of Marvel superheroes are not octogenarians or deceased by now. So if you want to do a time travel story where you meet an earlier version of a character, that can get a little dicey. But Nick Fury, it's essential to his character that he existed in both World War II as the iconic cigar-chomping Sergeant Fury of the Howling Commandos, and in his iconic modern-day super spy incarnation as Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel's never going to compress the time scale in a way that eliminates one of those things, so they've come up with this kludge that is actually mentioned on this page, the Infinity Formula. Uh, which is a top-secret longevity formula that was given to Sergeant Fury while he was in the Howling Commandos to lengthen his lifespan to whatever extent is necessary for him to be a stubbly war hero in World War II, and, if not a strapping man of action, at least a kind of sexy eye patch dad in the modern era. Of course, all this has changed now, mostly because of Samuel L. Jackson, but let's not get into that. As of the release of this module, those were the two iconic versions of Nick Fury. And that's why it's a shame, and in fact, the dumbest thing on this page— that this module just missed being able to use both iconic versions of Fury. I'll let the text itself explain. Quote, Nick Fury first made headlines during World War II as the leader of the Howling Commandos, an elite Allied fighting unit. During his time with that team, he was injected with the, quote, Infinity Formula, a drug which has retarded his aging. Following the war, Fury engaged in numerous military and espionage operations until he was contacted by a mysterious board of directors to create and direct S.H.I.E.L.D., Until recently, Fury remained the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. operations, overseeing an espionage network that included major bases in most cities in the Free World, an orbital space station, and a flying fortress known as the Helicarrier. Fury discovered widespread corruption in the organization and found that he had to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. to eliminate it. It goes on to say that in this module, Fury is working for a different top-secret government organization with no particular name or identity, on a project that is totally the kind of project S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been involved in, had it not been abruptly disbanded like four months ago in the comics. I see in my notes here it was actually five months, but still. Considering that S.H.I.E.L.D. had been a fixture in the Marvel Universe for like 25 years before this module came out, and then five months before it was actually published, suddenly S.H.I.E.L.D. was gone without a trace, I I don't blame the author for being frustrated by this turn of events. No spoilers, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is perfect for this story. Nick Fury is perfect for this story, and it would have been very cool to be able to go encounter the helicarrier, the iconic personnel and outfits and equipment of S.H.I.E.L.D., but instead, with S.H.I.E.L.D. out of the picture, the author had to respect canon and give us this extremely hazy, generic government agency that appears to work a lot like S.H.I.E.L.D., except in a boring way. The author has to have known what was bound to happen, and what did indeed happen. In about eight months after this module came out, S.H.I.E.L.D. was back. And S.H.I.E.L.D. has been around with some interruptions ever since. S.H.I.E.L.D. is never going away. Nothing in the Marvel Universe is ever going away. No one's ever really dead. They just get more and more weird backstory that they have to try not to talk about, lest the new reader's head burst like a water balloon on a fire hose. I'm not here to assign blame. I'm only here to identify the dumbest thing. The dumbest thing is that S.H.I.E.L.D. existed for decades before this, would exist for decades later, but in this story where S.H.I.E.L.D. was the clear and obvious fit for the narrative, it had to be replaced with a boring organization nobody cares about, because for like this 13 months and only this 13 months, S.H.I.E.L.D. was dead forever in comics continuity. Just a thing that happened, a dumb accident for which no one is to blame. But don't feel let down if you're a big fan of blame. Join me next time for a huge, scandalous, and wholly preventable omission on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band.